0: All right, well, I'm going to not preach more than an hour today. In fact, I'll try to make it about half of that. But I want to talk to you about God with us. God is with us. That's what the name Emmanuel uh, means. It's very interesting because the Bible clearly states that God, the essence of God, is invisible. And so we see uh, that... uh, The book of uh, Timothy says that he's invisible, he's immortal. We know that uh, until the time of Jesus, we we didn't see God as a man. We didn't see him basically through different uh, representations. We saw God speak through people, through the prophets and other people. But all of a sudden, there seemed to be something powerful that God wanted to do at a specific time to show Himself as being in invested in and merged into humanity. And so although we, we see that the Bible states that God is invisible, yet He has shown Himself through the person of Jesus Christ. Colossians 2.9 says, For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Jesus dwells all of God's fullness. So the invisible God shows up to us in the form of Jesus Christ. Now, it's interesting because prior to Christ's coming, God seemed to have no trouble talking through His angels, His prophets, and through the word He had given. Incidentally, we see that He actually spoke at one time through a donkey. So God, God being able to express His thoughts <clears throat> didn't require that the Word become flesh and dwell among us, but we're going to find out there was a specific reason that God needed to incarnate. And the word incarnate comes from the, like in Spanish, you say carne. Carne in Spanish is meat. Incarnation, to put into meat or put into flesh. Incarnation. Incarnation is the doctrine of God being inserted into flesh and then dwelling among us so we find that this idea of of God coming as a human baby is quite important how many of you know there is a big deal made not just culturally where we celebrate Christmas but there's a lot in scripture that talks about now the birth of Jesus was like this and so we find that, that the, the birth of Jesus is dealt with in three of the Gospels. The Gospel of John doesn't really do a whole lot about it, but the others do. And, and it's a big deal that God showed up in, in the form of a baby. We see that subsequently throughout the New Testament, Jesus is the central theme. So all of the time when the apostles went out and preached, They didn't just preach about God in a generic sense. They preached about God who showed up in the person of Jesus. And we as as believers that have been a continuous chain of believers since 2,000 plus years, uh, we we have no problem with saying, Father, I ask you to do this in the name of Jesus. And at times we might say, Jesus, would you do? Well, the only way we could do that is by, by the knowledge that this incarnate incarnated person, this baby Jesus, is God uh, in the flesh. So about 700 years before Jesus, uh, there was a prophecy uh, concerning this son that was going to come. I always read this prophecy almost any time I teach on, on Jesus and the coming of Jesus that in Isaiah chapter 7, verses 14 and 15, it says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Curds and honey he shall eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. Now think about 700 years prior to jesus showing up on earth the prophecy was said that a virgin will conceive skeptics will say well that that word for virgin in the hebrew it could be young woman or it could be virgin as a young woman who's never been sexually involved and so so you know uh well you know we know it meant virgin a a pure girl that never was touched well We don't know it from that verse. (laughs) We know it by the following verses when we get into the New Testament, when Mary said to, to the angel, I've never known a man. I've never had sexual intimacy. So, therefore, we have to go by what happened in the New Testament, that she was literally a virgin by the terms that we would use the term virgin. She was a virgin. So, we go back and say, therefore, Isaiah was prophesying by the Spirit of God that an untouched virgin girl, not just a young woman, but a son would be given and bear a son. And and of course, that's miraculous. I've had people say, well, that that can't be, because it requires male DNA to have a complete human. And I'm thinking, do you not think the DNA maker can create a unique DNA pattern for Jesus? How many of you know that's what happened? The one that created all the DNA that initially got started and we're all a part of, even if you're not very scientific, your DNA is very scientific and it's working inside of your body and it's very complex. And so God in, in overshadowing a virgin and bringing a baby, he could fill in the DNA requisites that would come from a man. And it says here that curds and honey, he shall eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. That certainly was true of Jesus. He knew how to choose, uh, choose good and, and um, uh, throw away evil. Now, uh, in slide two, we're going to look at at the birth of Jesus. Uh, In Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed or engaged to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. I always chuckle when I read that, you know. You know, I'm so glad that that when I was marrying Kim, that she was not with child of the Holy Spirit or anyone else. <laughs> How many of you know that can rule your whole, a whole afternoon? I know, I know, we're engaged to get married in April, but you know, it's January, and uh, I'm having a baby. An angel came to me. Not really? Come on, you guys. Why in church do we act so stinking sanctimonious? You really know that's funny. That's funny. I mean, you read the Bible. Isn't it okay to have, like, questions? Contextualize it? How would that fly today? An angel visited me and I'm pregnant. Angel of the morning? (laughs) An angelic guy? Much better looking than me? And Joseph thought... This couldn't be true. By the next verse, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. In that culture, he could have openly had her stoned to death or forced to marry the guy that had impregnated her. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. That's the only way it's going to fly with me is I'm going to have to have God show up and talk or send an angel in a dream or otherwise. And the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you, Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son. Now, how many of you know if you're being in a dream, and you're seeing an angel saying, don't do what you're fixing to do. Don't dump your fiance, or even if you put her away privily, or privately, or secretly, don't do it. Chill out. I'm going to be all ears to hear the rest of the story. And he goes on, and he says, this conception in her is of the Holy Spirit. Wasn't that she was a bad girl. It wasn't that you fell in a coma and impregnated her. It was simply that this conception is coming from the Holy Spirit and she, Mary, will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus or Yeshua. Jehovah is salvation or Jehovah's salvation. For he will save his people from their sins. The incarnation has to do a lot with the end result. How many of you know that th- there's a saying you can't uh, justify, the, the end doesn't justify the means? In some cases, the means have to be justified by the end. There was no need for God to become flesh if it didn't revolve around saving people, say people. people. How many of you know there's like, like only a few entities in, in the universe, there's God, the Trinity, there's angels, his positive creation in, in that powerful supernatural realm. The demons, which are fallen angels in that, 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 that powerful uh, realm that they live in. Then there's humans, okay? Redemption is not offered to the angels. The angels that fell, there's no redemption offered to them. But the focus of the incarnation is the fact that he, this baby, is going to be used to save the people from their sins. Verse 22, this is a biblical pattern that Jesus loved and his apostles picked up on it. What happens in the future or present needs to be justified by what was spoken in the past. God does nothing unless he's spoken by the mouth of his prophets. And it says here, So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now, I just began this, this teaching or preaching or whatever I'm doing up here right now by, by reading to you from the Isaiah prophecy given son, 700 years before. We also see that in that same period, then Isaiah had received that unto us, a child is born, his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Isaiah had a ton of information given about the life of Jesus. Isaiah 53, being the one that Jewish people most wrestle with, because it's the one that talks about the suffering Savior, and it's, I mean, it's just like a cameo portrait 700 years in advance of Jesus' suffering, and so, so many people, skeptics, will say, well, it must have been written sometime in the New Testament. Sorry, <laughs> it's in the Septuagint, in the Greek translation of the Old Testament. It's, in, it's in, 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 in the prophets. It was there, clearly written 700 years before. Isaiah is powerful as a prophet concerning Jesus Christ. And we see here that this, this uh, prophecy equals timing, equals opportunity, equals action was converging right now. And here's Joseph, a guy that's like, man, I was just wondering where I could get some more dowel material. I'm trying to make some chairs for the, you know, for the Rubensteins down the street. I mean, Joseph was not a sophisticated man. It, it didn't say that Joseph, Joseph was a carpenter. Now, it's interesting, what what, what do you need a carpenter for in the land of bricks and stone? For tables, for chairs, cabinetry, and other things. And he was good at that. But this was kind of over his pay grade. Oh, by the way, now, uh, you're going to have the savior of the world born in your fiance. Go ahead, don't put her away. Go ahead and marry her. Okay, son of... David, Joseph was in the lineage of David, so was Mary, so that this baby, his perceived dad was of the lineage of David, his mother was of the lineage of David, and supernaturally Jesus was of the lineage of David. Then then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. And did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Now, I want you to catch something. And, and uh, you know, there are historic churches that say, say that Mary remained perpetually a virgin. No, she didn't. Later, he knew her. And Jesus had little brothers. Now, talk about a complicated relationship. You know, you're just a regular kid with sin, and people are saying, why can't you be more like your older brother? (laughs) Jesus would not have talked back to his mother like that. (laughs) I like what what the comedian Michael Jr. said. You know, it's not like James Christ. It's Jesus Christ. And and so there were brothers of the Lord. Now, James and Jude, who also are writers of New Testament books, never say personally, I'm the Lord's brother. In humility, they didn't even believe in him until after the resurrection. They were unbelievers. And, uh, and they were so humbled that they, 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 would, they would always talk about Jesus as their Lord. Others would write and say the Lord's brother. They wouldn't. Because they didn't want to know him after the flesh. They wanted to see him in his beauty and deity. Slide number four. Jesus came as the near kinsman to redeem us. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. Slide three. That's how a pastor tries to teach. We go from number one, two, nine, back to seven, up to three. Let's look at slide three. The purpose of the son to be physically birthed was for the express purpose of redemption. It wasn't just that we'd have cute little things and and nativity scenes. There was a purpose for the incarnation. Galatians chapter 4 verses 4 and 5 says, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. Now, watch this. There was a specific time that God has planned for, you know, seismic Teutonic shifts. Okay, just like right now. Do not think in your mind, That god isn't going to return because it's taken so long the coming of christ is eminent and it will come on schedule ready or not here we come and so the bible said that the birth of jesus was in the fullness of time time was mature for this to happen now how many of you know when if you're going to eat fruit there's there's a window of time Get those pears off the tree, eat the pear, or it'll be past the time and the fruit is spoiled. And so the fullness of time, there was a full time. It was time for the sun to be manifest. God had prepared the world for the gospel to be spread. The Romans had, had, or the Greeks had spread the culture called Hellenization of the culture. Most everybody that was educated could speak Greek. And the Romans brought the order and the, lo- and the roads. And so Pax Romana brought in the ability for the gospel. So you see, when, when the gospel began to spread, these guys took off like scalded dogs and they went everywhere because there were Roman roads and they could speak Greek to people. They had a common language like English is today and the Internet. Let me just tell you something, hundreds of thousands of people that are in persecuted areas are on the internet, and they're getting saved. They might be terrified to reply they got saved, but let me just say this, English is the common trade language, God likes a common language, when he's going to do something very fantastic. God's doing great things, and his coming will not be delayed. So it says here, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth the Son, born of a woman, born under the law, (laughs) to redeem. We're back to redemption and the purpose for Jesus' coming. Now slide four, which I was so anxious to get to. (laughs) Jesus came as the near kinsman. There's a term from the Old Testament, and the Hebrew word is goel. We could have sang the first Noel or the first Goel. The word Goel meant near kinsman. Probably the book of the Bible where you can learn much about the near kinsman is in the book of Ruth, where we see the near kinsman, Boaz, being the one that that buys back a very hurt, shattered woman by the name of Naomi. Her name meant pleasantness. She had gone through so much setback and her husband had died, and her two sons had died, and they had married Moabite girls because they had left Bethlehem, and they'd gone into Moab looking for bread, and they left the house of bread, which is what Bethlehem means. And she came back, and she had one little hanger-on, Ruth, who very touchingly said, wherever you go, I'm gonna go, and your God will be my God, and your people will be my people. And the beautiful love story is how she begins to go into the fields and glean for her mother-in-law and and her. And all of a sudden, it's brought to, Naomi says to to Ruth, where have you been going and where have you been gleaning? She said, I've been gleaning in this field, this guy named Boaz. She said, he is a near kinsman. And so she said, I want you to go and and surprise him. You know, lay down at his feet when he wakes up, but put his blanket off his feet so that he gets cold tootsies. Girls, that's how you catch a guy. (laughs) Or maybe maybe courting would be the next best chance. Okay. He wakes up, and she says, you know, basically cover me. He tells her, he said, I'm going to go and take care of business. There's a kinsman nearer than I but I'm going to redeem you. And he went in as the Goel, as the, the near kinsman, and he negotiated with the near kinsman, and he bought the property of Naomi, which he gave back to her. He got the girl, his dream girl. He was very flattered because she was considerably younger than him. Okay? And, and so he redeemed what had been lost, and he restored it. They had a baby, okay, who then was the grandpa of, of David. Beautiful story, the kinsman redeemer. Now, the kinsman redeemer, the Goel, had a twofold uh, purpose. The second purpose was for vengeance. If someone slaughtered, killed, murdered one of your family members, the close male nearest kinsman had the right to go and execute him for the evil. It's very interesting because we see that in the book of Revelation that underneath the altar are the martyrs and they are crying out for their blood to be avenged. And the second coming of Jesus Christ in the first time he came as the Goel, the near kinsman, to buy us from our sins. Next time, she's coming to take care of some rough business. <laughs> Did sometimes my eyes flash like there's passion behind them? If you're a God-hater, you have a very rough future ahead. Because the guy that said, I come to offer peace, is going to come and say, all who've denied me before the Father and the angels, I'll deny them. All those who've denied me before men, I'll deny before the Father and the holy angels. Don't, don't think you're going to see the same guy. It's not the same Goel. Same person, different function. Is anybody listening or am I just up here? <laughs> I'm so tired of one trick pony Jesus'. So fake. I'm a very loving person. But try to hurt my family. You're gonna see a different side of me. I'm Kim's near kinsman and my children. Business is good. Business is good. Business is good. You know we transact, but someone comes in to hurt. I don't need a re- I don't need a rehearsal. As a near kinsman, I know what to do. You defend. So now you've got a picture of what the goel was. <laughs> Can you say it? Say goel. I mean, get out of here, right? Goel. Okay. Jesus came as the nearest kinsman. This is why he had to have a a flesh body. As as God the Word, he was transcendent above. And, 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 And sin could not be remitted without the shedding of blood. God doesn't bleed. You don't bleed spirits. Demons don't bleed. Angels don't bleed. The angels and demons can be destroyed, but they don't bleed. Created things have blood. And it was going to take the blood of an innocent man. An innocent, completely, not only born of a virgin, but he himself of a virgin spirit. I want to tell you something. I wish I could just come down among you. I can't imagine holding any one of your babies and say this baby is born to be slaughtered. Can we celebrate? And yet that's what God knew. The angels knew. The wise men knew. That's why when the wise men showed up, they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Frankincense and myrrh were burial herbs. They knew. Mary, Did You Know by Mark Lowry, is one of the most popular songs. This baby that you're holding will one day hold you. When you look in the face of your baby, you look in the face of God. I don't know about you, but I like Christmas for a lot of reasons. But knowing the beauty of who this baby is, I cannot live spiritually without Jesus. He's not a groovy add-on. He is the central theme of the Bible. Romans chapter 5, verses 18 and 19 said, Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by, watch this, one man's obedience. One man. Well... They didn't consider me. No. They didn't consider me. And they didn't consider you, Fritz. Because we were born in sin. How many of you have committed one or more sins in your life? We were unable to open the book. We were unable to be announced as, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. One man's disobedience opened up this bucket of garbage. When Adam joined in with Eve, think about what could have happened had he told Eve, Eve, I am going to go to the Father with what you just did with the serpent, and I am going to ask him what to do. This is just a theory, but my theory is because he was sinless at that point. He could have been the Goel who could have been offered his redemption, but he didn't. He was afraid of losing his dream girl, and he partook. And together, then every evil thing that's happened on the earth morphed and mutated out of that first act of sin by one man sin and disobedience into the earth by one man by one man by one man by the god man and only the god man jesus christ is his name It's more specific than the man upstairs or some unknown fact or some force that wants good. This baby has a name. You are going to call him Jesus. He's Emmanuel. He's God among us. He's the only antidote. I'm in a holiday spirit for sure. Jesus' high priest priest needed to be one of us in order to manifest his compassion. Slide number five. Hebrews 5, one through five, and I will finish up eventually. For every high priest taken from among men is appointed for men in things pertaining to God that he may offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can have compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray, since he himself is also subject to weakness. Because of this, he is required, as for the people, so also for himself, to offer sacrifices for sins. And no man takes this honor to himself, but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said to him, He, Father God, who said to him, Jesus, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. That's a baby. Common hay. For him, a group that you can see their stuff on YouTube. I listen to old school stuff. Get out my old Victrola and turn it, you know. Strange Way to Save the World is a song by For Him. What a strange way to save the world. Aren't you worried about that baby being abused? No, no, I've got 12 legions of angels watching over him. Aren't you afraid that these guys might not raise him right? No, I I picked him. Joseph's the just man. And Hail Mary, Mother of Jesus. Blessed are you, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. I don't say, Hail Mary, Mother of God, because God doesn't have a mama. He's the mama maker. But Jesus did. And in Jesus, most favorite of all women will always be Mary. Don't, 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 don't pick on Catholics, because they highly revere the Virgin. They highly revere Mary. We all need to. That was an awesome thing that she did. But Jesus came because he could have compassion on us. He's one of us. He's the Goel. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. (laughs) What's your confession? It's like, I'm with him. I don't know anything about Jesus, but he saved me. He took away my sins. I'm with him. I like that one dude that was blind and they're like railing on him. He said, man, all I know is I was blind. This guy healed me and you're trying to get me to rag on him. Could an evil man have done what he did? And they reviled him. Hold fast your confession. What's your confession? Hey, I'm kind of just hoping that, uh, you know, when I get before the eyes in the sky and the man upstairs that it works out good, and I hope that my my good is better than my bad. Really? Oh, you're insane. (laughs) One sin shafted you. One sin shafted you. You can never undo one sin, much less if I get to know you, I can probably find several that you've done last week. Hold fast your confession. I'll tell you what my confession is. I am a great sinner. I have a great savior. He has, by the will of the Father, he has conveyed away my sins as far as the east is from the west. He has qualified me to be an inheritor of the kingdom. My confession is Jesus. When I wake up, my confession is Jesus. When I live through the day, my confession is Jesus. He's more than a life support system. He's it all. He's not just a crutch. He is a complete life enhancement machine. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us, therefore, now who am I talking to? Who's the scripture talking to? Talking to you, precious one. And I mean that, precious to me, precious to God. You need to be bold. Quit trying to go grab fig leaves. Oh, up here's a fig leaf. Maybe this will pass God. He's got x-ray vision. He makes Superman look stupid. When I'm in a mess, you say, you in a mess? (laughs) Yeah. See any holes in my hands recently? Please don't put them there. I'm here. I'm here, high priest. That same stupid thing I do. Done it again. Go ahead and spank me. Holy Spirit says, do I really need to? There's an option. (laughs) I just want you to obey. I don't want to spank you per, per se. I want you to obey. Come, Holy Spirit. Lead me. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Don't wait till the disaster's over. Huh? Don't wait till your wife has left you and you're going through a divorce. Cry out way earlier. Don't wait till the house is foreclosed to say, God, I, I need help with my mortgage. Don't help. Come boldly. It's me. You know me because I'm here all the time in need. And I'm bringing to you Hebrews. Hebrews, that was Theopanusto. It was inspired by God. In Hebrews, the author said that you have compassion because I'm wretched, but you know what it's like to be human, Jesus. Yet you did it without sin, and I was born in sin. me, Señor. Necesita su poder. Oy. I need your power right now, Lord. Help me. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I'm going to give you five takeaways. Is this okay for a holiday message? I'm feeling really good. Go ahead and applaud. Okay, okay. Not that I need applause of men. But it does help from time to time. I'm going to finish. Number one, Jesus coming as the, as the God-man was not just a coincidence, but was absolutely required. Number two, by his, his coming was timed for the fullness of time. There was a specific time he was going to come, and it was perfect in my estimation. Number three, He is our near kinsman who could redeem us and did. Number four, He is compassionate and merciful, full of grace. Say it with me, full of grace, full of grace, full of grace, full of grace. grace. We need someone who has high standards to be full of grace. Don't deny that God's standards are high. Don't deny. Join me in saying my performance sucks compared to His mercy and grace. That's why you bring to me anybody that's a God-denier, and I can look them in the eyes, and I can tell them my plea is not my innocence, but I plead the blood of Jesus to expiate my sins, not my good works, not my promise, I'll never do something again. I don't know about you, I think Christmas should be happy, and there's nothing like the gift of God's grace, purchased by Jesus. And number five, we must come to Him boldly to receive that help. Right now, like every service, last week I understand, between our services and then maybe the youth meeting, we had 13 people come to faith last week. I want you in the kingdom of God. I don't want anyone in this place to say, hey, I think I'll shine it on for a while. Ah, maybe later. I want to tell you something. When the Holy Spirit is drawing us, we don't have a guarantee He's going to continue that level of a draw. There's certain things that can get in your way. If right now, like so many people come here, And they want to know God. Some of them get distracted and they leave here and they forget about it. A great number of you came in here, you said, God saved me, and you're still here. He saved you. He took away your sins. And now you're here to continue to learn to offer your prayers and praise to God every week. This is the greatest gift that I can offer you. It's not a car. It's not a computer. It's not one free year subscription to Disney Channel. But the greatest gift of all came in that manger. It's Jesus, the Savior of the world. And if you will call on him, he'll save you. Right now, if we could all bow our head, close your eyes. If you're here today and you say, you know, pastor, as you're preaching, you made sense. You got, you or the Holy Spirit got through to me. I need, I need God in my life. I'd like every one of you that want to join God because he's done everything to join you. If that's you today, could you raise your hand? I want to see your hand up there real bold saying, man, I want in, I want God. Get that hand up if this is you. I see a hand right here. Come on now. I think I see a hand in the back. I see. Okay, keep coming, you guys. This is a good day. Let's get a bunch of people in compliance with the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray this brief prayer. Pray it with all your heart. And if you are calling on God, he's calling after you. He wants you. Dear Father... I thank you that you sent forth the Son at the perfect time. You did that to take away the sins of the world, which includes mine. I must ask for help in time of need. That's what I'm doing right now. I need your forgiveness. I need you to save me. Through the finished work of Jesus, who died on the cross and rose again as payment in full, I believe in Jesus. I'm calling on your name. You said if I would do that, I would be saved. You also said that whoever would call on your name would not be ashamed. Take away my shame. If you'll be my God, I'll be your servant. If you'll be my father, I'll be your child. I receive you today, dear Father. In Jesus' name, amen.